Welcome to The Whiny Entrepreneurs, a podcast for business owners who sometimes feel alone in the daily adventures of entrepreneurship. We're your hosts, Shelby Varghese and Danielle Moore. Hey, Shelby, how's it going today? Hey, great. How are you? Good, good. I've had an awesome week this week. How has your week been? It's been good. I had such a busy week last week that this week I feel like I can actually be in my office and get things done, which has been really nice. I agree. I've had a bit more time this week to work on some things that have been slipping and come back around to a few of those to-do item lists that have been getting pushed throughout the entire summer. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's the end of summer. Now it's the end of summer. So back to school for lots of kids, back to work. I feel like things are sort of going to start coming together. I've been sort of traveling mostly on weekends, but you know, it's coming back together to I guess by the time we post this, it'll be, we'll be a couple weeks into September. So we are back into the swing of things and routines. Yeah. Like we talked about in our last episode. (laughs) Maybe we can actually get back to those routines as we're heading into fall. So Danielle, what are we going to talk about today? When we're getting back into business, I think we're also getting back into bringing in some new clients and building things again. So one of the best ways to go about that in my case, for sure, but I think for a lot of business owners is getting back to your networking groups. Yeah. (laughs) It can fall a little to the wayside over the summer. You lose a little little bit of focus and it's harder to get people out to events. So I know a lot of that slows down. Mm -hmm. Um, Lots of clients that I've worked with before who organize networking events usually don't run them in the summer. Yeah. It's just so hard to to get people invested, you know? Yeah. But now we're getting back into that time. So we thought it would be very timely to talk about networking, yeah. a bit about our experience of networking and what we found works and doesn't work and just some tips and tricks that you can take away if you're new to networking or if you're finding that it's not really working for you. Yeah. And I think a great way to set the stage for networking and the impact that it can have is talking about our story and how we met. And Danielle and I met like a couple years ago, probably two, two, just over two years ago. And I had visited a networking group that Danielle was a part of already. And we met and we went for a coffee and got to know each other a bit. And I hired Danielle to do the copy editing of my website because I've written it all, but I'm not the best writer. So she just tightened it up and made it sound lovely. And then we've maintained contact we did, yeah. Since then. Yeah, yeah. We sort of stumbled back into the same networking rooms a few times, actually. Yeah. And then we ended up, I mean, now we work on the podcast. Shelby did a, a color draping on me. We sort of depend on each other for a lot of different things. We have our results group as well. So we end up talking. I mean, I think I've seen you three times this I week. I know. <laughs> That's awesome. It is. Sometimes we'll go a couple weeks without seeing each other, but usually it's pretty regular. And I think it's a really good as we get into this topic to think about how we we've used each other's services. We may not have done a lot of referrals or big referrals to each other, but it was still a very effective connection that we made at a networking group. And I think that's something to keep in mind as we talk about networking and what actually means to network uh, throughout this episode. Exactly. And a little bit later, we're going to dive into um, the specifics of networking and what you can get out of it aside from just sales and business. Yeah. And there's a lot to that, I think. I've met a lot of really neat people who have helped me in so many ways that I didn't think were possible through some really interesting networking groups. One thing that we have to talk about is the wine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, before we get into different types of network. I picked up the bottle today based on a recommendation. We were Mm -hmm. thinking a light red for today. Mm -hmm. And this definitely checks the box on that. I'm not sure how I feel about it so far. It's like a warm hug in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's definitely not official wine. I like that description. I think it is. because It's not anything you're going to get super excited about. 
it's yeah. comforting. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what we were looking for today anyways. Mm-hmm. We were like, you could go for white, but it's kind of starting to cool off a little bit. So mm-hmm. you kind of want red, but maybe not a bold red. Yeah, exactly. No, I think it checks the boxes that we were looking for today. So I'm not... Uh, I'm not dissatisfied. I'm just, I'm reserving judgment. We'll, we'll get back to it a little bit later. And yeah. After we've had a think. few more sips. <laughs> after we finish the bottle is what she means. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> one of those days. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's talk about a couple different kinds of networking groups. Cause this is really what we keep coming back to is there's so many options. And when you're first starting out, it's a matter of which group do you join mm-hmm. and what is actually going to work for you. Yeah. Last week we talked about the different routines and habits that you have. And we dove a little bit into how it doesn't work for everybody the same way. Yeah. And I think this topic is the same. It's not going to work for every business in the same way. Yeah. So you really have to find what works for you. So we have sort of a list of ways that we've contrived to evaluate your networking groups before you make a commitment. So that is actually going to be worth your time and investment because it is a, an investment. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember you can, it's easy to get swept away into different groups and to feel like you need to be a part of all the groups, but we'll give you some really good, clear ways to evaluate the best groups. Cause let's face it, you're running a business and you want it to be effective with your time, if nothing else. So yeah, it needs to support what you're doing in your business and not sort of overrun everything else that you need to do. So starting off, let's talk about the different types of networking groups. So there's ones that are quite structured, very referral based. Uh, You might meet a little bit more frequently in them. So there's those type of networking groups. Then there's ones that you might meet more on a monthly basis. It could be that you have to have a membership or you can attend without a membership. Uh, They can be varied for that as well. And even with monthly ones, I found you can do ones that are more of interest for you versus specific to business networking. Uh, I mentioned in a previous episode about here in Edmonton, I'm part of an Edmonton Epicurean Society. And even though it might not be directly a networking group, it's still a way that I can meet people and interact with other people. And so doing something like that, if you're into running, you can find different running groups. And these are all ways for you to meet people, not necessarily show up and be trying to sell people. But again, it's expanding your network. For sure. And I mean, your personal network is connected to your business network, right? Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways. So expanding, even if it is more of a personal connection, expanding the number of people you know can just really help you in the long term, even though it's not quite as targeted. Yeah. And then there's some networking groups that are specific. So I know that we know of many actually Mm -hmm. that are female focused. I don't know offhand if there's any male focused networking groups. I'm going to say probably not because that would be, (laughs) (laughs) that wouldn't go over well. I don't think that would go over well. No. Um, although I will say that there are some networking groups that you walk into the room as a female entrepreneur and it feels like it's mostly men. So it, it depends on sort of what the culture is and um, the specifics of it. Yeah. And there could be some networking groups that are focused towards maybe a certain profession or a certain industry as well. So there's, there's so many different types out there that be surprised if you do a little bit of digging, what you can find and it's worth doing that digging. You also have to think about networking in terms of your personality. And again, this is where Danielle and I are a little bit different as well. I am an extrovert and I love being around people and I love networking groups. However, it's also important to not just network for the sake of being around people, but to have purpose with it. We're definitely different on that front. I'm very much an introvert. When I started networking, I remember thinking, I can't believe people do this. How can they do this every single week? It was so foreign to me when I started. So it's been a different experience for me and I've stuck it out. And it's, it's changed me a lot and changed my business for sure a lot, mm-hmm. but it was 
difficult to get started because as an introvert, it was a shock to the system, we'll say. So I'll, I'll dive a little bit more into that as we sort of get into some of the specifics about networking groups. So let's dive into how to evaluate different networking groups, because this can be really important. Like mm-hmm. Shelby said, there's so many options. When I first joined a networking group, I was so new to business so fresh into it that I didn't realize how many options there were. In fact, I didn't realize there were options and I had no idea what I was getting myself into. The first time I walked into a room full of business people, I was really overwhelmed, but it was fine because I didn't know what to expect. The funny thing was when I had to come back the second time, it was actually worse because I knew what to expect. I knew this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And there were things that scared me, like standing up to, to talk about your business, especially when my mm-hmm. business was barely formed. It, <laughs> it was really stressful um, yeah. and I didn't know what I was getting myself into. So it took me a while to actually join a networking group because I was just so shy and nervous and uncertain about sort of what to expect and what the benefits were going to be. I think that's something that's common. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's something a lot of people do face, even for myself as an extrovert. I still feel nervous. I still feel when I have to get up and talk about my business, I still feel uneasy about it or I don't know what to say about it as well. So I think it can be a struggle from both perspectives but good for you for sticking it out and it's obviously served you very well it has definitely yeah it's always hard to talk about your own business as well learn that for sure for myself yeah even writing for my own businesses is challenging whereas writing for other people is so easy (laughs) right (laughs) but the reason we wanted to talk about how to evaluate networking groups is because you have to just you have to get picky about it Shelby mentioned you know you have limited time you have so much else going on at one given time in your business. So there are thousands of groups you could join, but you can't join them all. And because it's such a time commitment, I mean, there are ones that require monetary commitment, but mostly it's time and dedication. So if you're going to spend that time, where are you going to spend it? And how do you get really picky about where you're spending it so that it brings back the most benefits? Yeah. So some of the things... Well, well, we have a number of things to, to let you know. So like get picky, like Danielle just talked about and exploring your different options and how you do that is because when you are starting out in business, like I had no clue. I'd been in the corporate world before. Networking was very different from Mm. that perspective versus when you're a business owner and you want to meet other people. So great ways to do it is do a Google search Mm. in your area. Just search networking groups and see what comes up. Do some research on them. You can kind of get a sense of often what members are a part of it. How often do they meet? Does it work for your schedule? All of that. And then maybe reach out to another business owner and just ask them what have they been a part of? What's worked for them? What hasn't worked for them? And why? And you can really get to a sense of did it work for them? And just because it did or didn't work for them doesn't mean it's going to work or not work for you. But it's just a way to help you start the journey of a evaluating it and going finding out different types of groups to go to yeah getting a little bit of inside perspective before you invest that initial time Mm -hmm. getting to know a group or or going to a group and the benefit of going to a business owner or a professional who's already part of a group is they can really help you make that initial transition get to know people in the group they can make some introductions for you that will be valuable to you So it helps you get to the evaluation stage a little quicker, I think, Mm -hmm. than simply going in blind and seeing what comes of it. So I know personally, I always feel more comfortable in a room when I know at least one person Mm -hmm. before I go. And now it's funny because it's almost at the point where I'll know someone in the room regardless. But having that knowledge that this person is going to be there to greet me and show me around and they can answer questions. That for me is a, is a benefit. And maybe that comes more from being an introvert. I know Shelby is a little more comfortable with trying new experiences. <laughs> well, I've had to, honestly, like going through um, setting up the business, even some various different networking groups I've been a part of that did have that have different either clubs or chapters or whatever, I would go to different ones where I knew nobody. Yeah. And you know, one way that you can, if you want to check it out, but you feel nervous that you don't know anyone, 
if they have a listing of the members online, find a member that has maybe a complimentary business to you or even the same and just reach out and say, Hey, I'm looking at wanting to visit this networking group. Can you tell me a bit more about it? Cause then you make that connection ahead of time. And then that way you can have someone who's looking out for you for when Mm -hmm. you show up. You just touched on something really important that I have started doing when I visit a networking group is if that list is available online, go through it anyway, because Mm -hmm. it'll help you be so much more targeted instead of just, you know, walking around a room and sort of not knowing who anyone is. You can get a background on people first, which helps you make a deeper connection with them right up front. Yeah. Instead of going through the surface sort of gestures of what do you do? Why do you do it? You already come with that knowledge. So it saves time. And it usually really impresses someone that you've done a little bit of research. They It makes them feel special, right? So, yeah. oh, you bothered to look me up, right? Yeah. So going and doing that research up front can really give you a bit of a boost when you're going into a networking group so you can get down to the meat of it faster. Yeah. Not And not every networking group has that because there are a lot of networking groups that are not necessarily membership-based or they're partial membership-based partially not. So it's not always available, but where you can, I think that's a great, great way to do it. Uh, Another way to evaluate, and this can be done, likely it'll be done after you visit at least once or twice. So always give a networking group at least a couple times because unique things can happen in just one visit. But do they have either your ideal client in the room or access to your ideal client? And this is where going back to your foundations of your business, who is your ideal client? What are your values? All of that are really good evaluators for is this networking group the best one or one of the best ones for you? Mm -hmm. If if your clients aren't there or there's no access to them, then there are other benefits that you can get out of a group, but you have to make sure that there's at least an opportunity for doing business. Mm -hmm. I think personally, different groups will have different sort of levels of membership. So if you're targeting large corporations and you're in a networking group that mostly deals with small business owners, you're not going to get the results you probably want to get. And that might be frustrating. Yeah, I think that's a great example of really being able to hone in on who your ideal client is and where you're going to find them. And even if the people in, and you'll probably hear us say this numerous times as we continue the conversation, you don't want to go to a networking group with just a sales pitch because yes, they might be your ideal client, but it doesn't mean that they're going to be receptive to you if you go in and you sell hard sell them right away. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I can sniff someone trying to just make a sale from a mile away and that turns me off right away. So when you are going to a networking group, be genuine in your interest of the other person and try and approach it with the mindset of how can I help them and help their business and figure out who they are. I agree. And I would extend that and say, that's not even just to do with the, like attending a networking meeting. If you're scheduling a meeting afterward, I have a sort of internal policy where someone will express interest in my products or services in a meeting and they'll ask for a one-on-one meeting, but I won't approach it like a sales meeting because people in networking groups sometimes feel pressured to express that interest, right? And I never want someone to feel like I only took this meeting so that I could sell you something, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm happy to explain my services. I'm happy to, to talk about whatever your project is, but I don't go into that meeting expecting a sale. Right. Because that's not what it's about. It's about making a connection. That's really what networking is. Mm-hmm. I've. It's interesting. I've actually had in the last couple of weeks, people reach out to me that I made a connection with over a year ago. Yeah. Now they're at the point where they want to hire me or work with me. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. a year. And I didn't even actually know at the time that they were even interested in my in my services. Mm -hmm. But obviously you can make an impression or connect with someone on a different level without actually doing a sales pitch. Absolutely. You also, another good point to remember is, and this came with experience for me, you're not 
necessarily after a sale from someone in your networking group. That's great if people you know directly through that group want to work with you. That's fantastic. And that comes with its own benefits because you have a closer relationship with that person who becomes a client. However, that person isn't who you're asking to buy. You're actually asking for them to lend you their network, Mm -hmm. which changes your entire perspective on how you're approaching it, right? So yeah, even changing your language a little bit around it and not asking in your language for a sale, but asking for that person to help you network with other people. And that's a way safer way to approach a conversation because no one wants to feel like they're being sold to, especially something that they don't necessarily want right then. Exactly. And even if they want it, they still don't want to feel like they're being sold to. No. If it's being approached as, I want to help. So say you and I are in a meeting or we we met at a networking group. We're having coffee. And be like, okay, Danielle, tell me about what type of projects you want to work on so that I can then go into my network and see if there are people who say, you know what, I'm looking at writing a book and I need someone to help me write a book or I'm trying to write these blogs and I just can't get into it. Mm -hmm. Now I know I'd be like, Hey, I know someone who can help you with that. And then that doesn't make me feel like I have to hire you for your services right now, but it's still a way that I can help you. Exactly. Yeah. I had a, a meeting recently turn from like a casual get to know each other into a hard sales pitch. I mean, the entire tone of the meeting shifted literally within about five seconds. And it was something that I said that made that person think that I was sort of interested in the service they were offering, which wasn't intentional. And I probably worded it improperly, but the the atmosphere in the room changed instantly. And I was immediately put on guard. And actually, I went to a presentation last week by a few members of a networking group that I'm part of. And one of the presentations was amazing. It was called Death by Meeting. And it was put on by uh, Scott King. He's a business coach. He mentioned that, you know, there's a physical fight or flight response of anxiety to a sales pitch when people feel like they're being sort of pitched to and they have no choice but to buy into the service and It was interesting to hear that because that was exactly how I felt in that meeting that sort of turned in that direction. It was almost like I felt the hairs of the back of my neck raise and I wanted to escape immediately. It was almost like someone was suddenly bearing down on me. Yeah, it was very, it was very intense. No one wants to be in that situation. And that's something that we're taking a bit of a deviation right now. I think this, we're going to talk about this later, but I'm going to talk about now. Getting feedback on how you're selling is a really important thing because sometimes we don't know our blind spots. And we don't know where maybe we're not being as effective as we could be. Don't be afraid to ask someone to practice with you. Mm. Like, so you can practice talking at a networking group, really pay attention to the other person and how do they react when you tell them certain things. I think it's really important to be perceptive of that because Mm -hmm. then if if you say something and you can tell in their body language that they kind of back away or they close off, then maybe that's something that you shouldn't say in that way or you should say differently or, you know, how can you make a connection where they they don't want to back off? Yeah, there's no pressure and, and they feel comfortable. I think even within a networking meeting, I know I told you, Shelby, that I had one of my first larger presentations to a networking group. I had one of the members come up after the meeting. She gave me some praise, but she also gave me some feedback. And I was taken aback because politeness rules and all that most people sort of came and patted me on the back and and said oh you did a really great job but I knew there was room for improvement and she was really honest and said you know what that was amazing here's one thing that I noticed that you 
could probably take away and work on for next time. And I was so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And I am the, I don't take criticism well, but that was very constructive and helped me sort of reevaluate how I was speaking about my business and why it mattered because you get so caught up in your own perspective yeah. and trying to explain yourself that sometimes you don't even notice those reactions, especially when you're on the spot in front of however many other business owners, you don't feel the tension in the room when you're suddenly turning into a a sales pitch, right? Yeah. And that's really nice when people do that. I've been to a few things talking about, and even in my HR background is thinking about advice versus feedback. And advice is saying, you should do this. Whereas feedback is, I noticed this, here's an option that you might want to try. Exactly. So it's a safer way to to be mm-hmm. able to share something and it. You're being observant. You're saying, I observed this. You know, here's something I've tried. Is that something Shelby and I learned in Toastmasters as well? Yeah. I did an evaluation last week and I actually wrote those words down so that while I was evaluating someone, I wasn't giving the advice I was observing, right? Yeah. Because it makes people feel defensive automatically when you start critiquing and giving advice. Whereas an observation, I mean, you can't argue with an observation. I mm-hmm. observed that you, well, how are you going to argue that? Yeah. Someone else observed it, right? Yeah. So it sort of lowers your defense systems and allows you to take that and actually do something with it. And you have to know for yourself too, when that information comes in or when is it okay to feel defensive and when is it okay to, or when should you just take it in, evaluate, kind of adjust for next time. Constructive feedback is definitely one of those benefits that comes out of networking without it really being the main intention, right? Another aspect that really ties into what we were just talking about is personal development. You know, you go to a networking group and you hope for business, you hope for referrals, you hope to expand your network and get business out of it, right? Because you go into your room and you're hoping to drum up new business, right? Finding new clients is always sort of the biggest challenge for small business owners, especially. What about all the other aspects of a networking group that help you in your business? You can bring them back to your business. And that's something that I have found has been as helpful, if not more helpful than the business I've gotten from the groups that I'm in. Mm -hmm. You have a sounding board for, first of all, that feedback that we talked about. Yeah. But also you have other people with so many skills and knowledge sets right at your disposal. Yeah. So you have a question, you ask, you need some advice, you ask. If you need to work on something specifically, you can usually grab that knowledge from someone who's around you. And even just to know that you're not alone. Yeah. You're not alone in what you're doing. And there's other people and business owners who struggle as well. And being able to have those people that you can ask is huge uh, and so, so valuable. One of the things that was the most beneficial for me when I started out networking was, as I mentioned, I was an introvert before networking. I still am an an introvert, but I'm less shy than I was. I was a shy introvert. So Mm -hmm. I always love telling clients this story because I'll tell people, oh, you know, I I used to be really shy. And they'll say, oh, you don't really seem like you're that shy. Because I've grown a lot with confidence. I always tell people about one of the first clients that I ever got who found me online and we connected and I started working with them and I had never, they were local, but I had never talked to them over the phone or in person. They hired me online and we communicated online. And then one day they got a new marketing manager and he sent me an email and said, Danielle, I'd love to chat with you. I'm going to call you on Monday. (laughs) This was on a Friday. Honestly, and I mean this quite sincerely, I didn't sleep or eat for a weekend. I was so stressed out. I was All so because anxious. of you knew you were going to have to talk to this person on the phone. I have to speak to someone on the phone about my business. I have to be knowledgeable. And I was very green in the business. So, you know, it's excusable, but I think it had a lot more to do with not having that confidence, not knowing how to talk about my business Mm -hmm. and just not having that as a a regular interaction. So I I panicked and I mean, the call was 20 minutes and it went perfectly fine. He was very nice. 
what I've drawn from that, you know, like that situation compared to now, whereas now, I mean, if you don't want to talk to me on the phone really quickly to see if it's a good fit, I don't even want to bother. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's a big shift. Yeah. And that came about mostly from being forced to talk about my business every single week and being forced to describe it and to connect with other people and know what to say and how it's landing. Yeah. I think that that can be a huge benefit of networking groups is learning to talk about your business, whether in the networking group, you have to stand up in front of everybody and share about your business, or you're just talking one-on-one to people to share about your business. I think that that's a skill that you can develop with networking and with practice mm-hmm. and I, yeah. And getting the feedback. Yeah. So personal development is sort of one aspect that you can look for when you're looking for a specific networking group. So those are some other benefits, side benefits aside from just referrals and, and sales that you can, you can get, but there's also a personality fit. So you end up spending a lot of time with people you're in a networking group, even if it's only once a month, that's still your time spent with those people. So you have to, it has to be worth it. Mm-hmm. And knowing your personality and how you interact with the other people. Cause if you don't enjoy it, then that's going to come across and it's going to be forced and it's not going to be effective. So you want to make sure that it is a personality fit as well. And that you also believe in the mission and the vision of the networking group. What are they all about? What do they want to do is also very important. Yeah. Does it connect with what you are trying to do? Mm -hmm. And then another thing for evaluation is thinking about what is the time commitment of the group and what, how much does it cost? And you want to look at both of those because the cost could be low, but maybe the time commitment is high, or it could be a high time commitment, high cost. And you need to balance that with how much business are you making in the group? Or is it, does it have enough personal development that it makes that worth it? So something that's you just want to make sure that you are realistic about. It can vary greatly between groups. Something to look at is what is the membership fee? And then what is the, sometimes they'll have a membership fee and then they'll have meeting dues. So every meeting you have to pay as well. Uh, So just think about what that cost will look like. Most of the time you're going to get the money back, but you know, something I always like to do with networking groups is make sure that I do an evaluation, maybe after six months, if I'm part of it regularly, how much time have I invested into it? How much money have I invested into it? And what are the benefits Mm -hmm. I've gotten out of it? Yeah. Track it. Jacket in terms of in terms of business and then in terms of personal development. And I know that personal development is harder to track than business earned, right? There was a a time recently that I was thinking, oh, I'm just done with this. Like I can't do this anymore. And it gets, you know, and there's always gonna be those times. It gets frustrating. It's it's a big commitment. And you know, I'm a commitment phobe. So So, you know, I, I went to reevaluate and someone close to me said, okay, listen, I get it. I've been there before you make that decision, go back and look at what it's brought to you mm-hmm. actually physically look at it. And I have a bit of a tracking system for, for, you know, what I get in terms of revenue. And, and then obviously there are side benefits that I know have, mm-hmm. have really helped me along as well. And once I looked at those different benefits that I was getting, and then on top of it, how much business I was getting, it was actually like, there was no way, there's no way I can leave this group. Yeah. I've built my business in the group. I would have to make up for that in some other way. And I just don't think that I have the capacity or willpower to do that right now. So, (laughs) And that's fair. And I think that it's really good to think about it in all those terms. And maybe it's you recognizing how much business you do in this group and do you want to continue to have that much business coming from that group or do you want to now start branching out and seeing where else you can get business as well exactly yeah and I don't think there's a right or wrong answer there's just figuring out what works best for you yeah absolutely okay we've talked about ways to evaluate and before we get into making sure that you network effectively let's uh pour a little bit more wine here just a little bit though 
Just a little bit. We don't want to get too far into this. Right? That's for after the episode. Yeah. I, I think like we talked about at the beginning, it's just like a very, like it's nothing spectacular. Like there's no fireworks going on with mm-hmm. this wine, but it, it's nice. It's you can kind of just sip on it without mm-hmm. thinking about it. And I knew we needed some some easy drinking today. No, it's good. So what are some of the notes that you Mm. taste in it? I find it a very sweet wine, which I don't always like sweet wines. So it's not like overly sweet. I think there's a bit of plum to it. Mm. I can, yeah, I can smell that. Maybe some, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously we don't have a lot to say about this wine. I think that can be a good thing. I think it's okay. Sometimes you just want something you can drink and not think about. And yeah. that is this kind of wine. Yeah, I think so. It's uh, it's getting us through. It's getting us through <laughs> the networking. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't bring it to your meeting. but Yeah, don't bring it. And it. don't drink it before the meeting. No. I mean, it's nice when networking groups involve having a glass of wine. Yeah. And maybe that's what you need. If you're very high strung and <laughs> need to calm down a little bit, mm-hmm. it could help. You never know. So we'll talk about a little bit more about the wine and what it says on the back at the end because obviously it's just, it's easy. So let's get into what does effective networking look like and how can you get the most out of it so you don't feel like you're constantly going to different groups, spreading yourself thin and not seeing the results that you want to see. This is tough too because I think a lot of people expect instant results out of a networking group and I've heard it, I've heard people describe it before as networking is planting seeds. It's about planting those seeds and then you have to be patient waiting for those seeds to grow into something. I have a perfect example of that actually that happened just this past couple weeks. I, there was a lady that I met like over a year ago and not even actually at a networking event. And she contacted me and was interested in working with me. And this was over a year. I didn't even know that she was interested in working with me. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those situations where you can see that it can take time. Yes, it can take time. And joining a new group, it always takes time all over again. Yeah. And that was really surprising for me because I switched over um, from one group to another uh, about a year ago. And that was when I had that moment where I I thought, oh, I don't want want to do this. It's not worth it. And when I did sort of step back and take a look at, you know, I, I still had the business coming in. It was still being effective, but I had a lull and it got harder for a little while because I had to relearn things and get used to a new situation and a new culture and situate myself. And it's hard work up front. That is a lot of hard work to mm-hmm. develop those relationships. Again, introvert. Okay. I don't, that's, I don't go out and seek out relationships. That's just, that's just not how I, how I jive. It was tough to make that transition, but it paid off and I'm glad that I stuck with it. So So how did you make it effective? Well, after I had that moment of realizing, you know, I was struggling with it. I think the first thing was just acknowledging that I was struggling with that transition and that it wasn't just, I'm done with networking. I can't do this anymore. I had to sit back and realize why I was having that feeling and realize that, yeah, it's, it's, of course, it's going to take more work up front and you know, I really should have had that expectation going in, but you know, these are learning situations. Mm-hmm. And then what I really did after that was just double down on getting to know people in the group because I was being very passive about it. And you can't be passive. You have to really get in there and get to know people genuinely. And you mentioned before, you're not selling people. You are getting to know people. You're trying to find ways to legitimately help their businesses mm-hmm. in whatever way you can. It doesn't always look the same, mm-hmm. but learning about what they're doing, why they're doing it, and just caring about what what everybody else around you is doing yeah. was really what made the difference. Because people can tell, I know I can tell, if someone's looking at me with dollar signs, I shut down immediately. As soon as I feel like I'm being sold to, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to listen. I don't want to even talk to the individual. I know that sounds harsh, but it's that's how I feel. And so I try and approach networking situations where I meet someone and I can get to know what they do. I want to, I love hearing when someone is like, 
talks about their business and they're so passionate and excited and you can be like, man, you were meant to do this. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I love seeing that in somebody. And that's how I try and approach when I go to a networking group is I want to see that fire in people. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to find that fire. And it's not about selling my services, but it's just being genuine Mm -hmm. and getting to know who they are and what they're all about. Yeah. I think one of the best things is watching people grow because I, mm-hmm. I've been through it and I, and I can see, I mean, I can look back and self-reflect and see the growth and it's more than tangible. It's, it's insane actually. Yeah. And then looking at other people who are starting out and they're kind of where I was in terms of confidence and in, even in the business and, and development and, and not really knowing where, what your direction is or what your messaging is. And then watching them as they figure that out on a weekly or monthly or whatever the, the frequency is basis. It's cool. It's yeah. really neat to see someone sort of have that journey and then to feel like you're a part of it. That's awesome. And it's even cool to think of where you're at now and where you're going to be in a year, two years, mm. five years. Like, And I mean, that's even hard to quantify because things can happen really fast. Yeah, they can happen. They can happen slow. Like they can. It, sometimes it's it's a curve, like I said, yeah. and you have to sort of get into it. But then once things start happening and those seeds start sort of popping up here and there, you, it's can be very surprising how quickly things can start falling together. And like you said with your client, that you know a year after the fact, and it wasn't even an expectation. It wasn't even in your mind, and that yeah. popped up. Imagine if you hadn't met that person, that just wouldn't yeah. have happened. So yeah, more you never, about you never know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the most important thing of making it effective, like I said, is not trying to be salesy Mm -hmm. and not trying to just go to collect business cards. Mm -hmm. I think that because swapping business cards is a big thing. And I have so many business cards Mm -hmm. and the most effective ones are the ones where I've made a connection with somebody and genuinely been like, can I have your card? Like I want to connect with you. And then you Mm -hmm. go home and, or even on the spot, I was at a networking group yesterday and there was a couple people where on the spot we booked a coffee meeting Mm -hmm. because we were like, we want to get to know each other and each other's businesses right away. So we just booked it. Yeah, exactly. Saves a lot of time. It does, <laughs> right? Because then you don't have to go back. And yeah. it's almost like dating. It's like, how long do I wait? And if I've waited too long, can I go back and connect with them? And how should I connect with them? And uh, another thing with business cards is if I have someone come up to me and say, you know what, can I have your business card? I'm so interested in your business. And to give it to them. And if they don't have theirs ready to give to you, just say, Hey, can I have your business card as well? Because you want to make sure that you follow up with them if they really truly are interested in your services Mm -hmm. and not in a salesy kind of way, but again, in a, Hey, let's go for coffee or I'd love to get to know a little bit more. It was Mm -hmm. great to connect with you. I'd love to get to know more about your business. Yeah. And something that I liked that you said, I think we talked about it in an earlier episode is something to do with those connections is to add them to LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. That's a great way. You just end up with a pile of business cards, literally a mountain of business cards. And something to say when you do add someone to LinkedIn, make sure you add a note with the invitation and say, it was great to meet you at this event. Because mm-hmm. I know when I get invit- uh, connection requests, and I, I either don't know the person or I don't remember where I met them, it's really nice to have that little note that comes with it. Well, there, I mean, there are so many people in a, in a meeting. I mean, depending on what kind of networking event it is, there can be 50 people in the room. Well, you know, you don't have a chance to make an impact with everyone. So in order to sort of make sure that person remembers you, you can just add that little note to say we met here. I think that that's a really good point, Danielle, about when you're in a meeting or in an, at a networking group, you're not going to connect with everybody, mm-hmm. nor should you ever make it your goal to connect with everybody. No. What you should do is find a few people and connect deeply with them Mm -hmm. so that when you do send them an email or connect with them on LinkedIn afterwards, they really do remember you Mm -hmm. and who you are. And you're going to get way further doing that. And maybe the next time you go to that group, you find a few more 
different people mm-hmm. to connect deeply with. Yeah. Versus just getting Spray and pray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not effective. That's not, no, that's not a good strategy for networking for sure. No, the deeper connections with a couple of people. And it might not be the people you expect. That's what I always find yeah. really surprising in a meeting. You know, I kind of mentioned earlier, do the research and find out who's a good connection for you. And that's a great idea, but it's not always going to pan out how you think you're going to meet someone and you don't click right away or they're not there or whatever the situation is. So don't be afraid to like make those connections with people who it it feels like it doesn't make a lot of sense. But just remember that again, that's not the person you're not selling to that person. Yeah. You're, you're connecting with them and seeing where mutual connections are going to make sense for them and help them out and then vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've touched on this in terms of making it effective is be genuine. Look for opportunities that you can benefit them as well. Don't mm-hmm. feel the pressure that you have to buy the service yourself. But you can always approach it. Hey, can I get to know more about your business and why you're doing what you're doing so that I can reach into my network? And if there's someone that can benefit from your services or your product that I can let them know. I think that's a very effective way so that you don't feel defensive like and pressured to have to buy what they're selling, but that you can approach it in a very genuine way. Yeah, that can be one of the hardest parts for someone who's new to networking, I think, is trying to make those connections for other people. I always found that I was very, I felt very much like the the mentee. And then you had sort of those experienced networkers who were bringing you all these connections. And I felt, I felt like the scales were very off. Mm -hmm. And, but I think it's important not to sort of look at it like a, you scratch my back and I scratch yours. It's never going to balance out. You're going to have people who are going to send you a million referrals and you just can't reciprocate but you're going to be that person for someone else. So instead of looking at at it as, I mean, you can show appreciation in other ways, but the pressure of trying to reciprocate exactly is just not worth your time. And it's, you don't want to think about it as a two-way relationship. It's a big network. It is, yeah. It's It's a big web of connections. Yeah. And like we were saying, it takes time for these things to pay off. So Maybe I can't give someone a referral right away, but maybe five years down the road, something big comes out of it. Yeah. And I'm starting to see that now because I'm getting better at connecting people. But that w- there was a lot of pressure at the start because mm-hmm. I was part of one of those referral-based networking groups. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of pressure to sort of perform on that right away. And I'm not, I'm not very good at not sales pitching because that's not what it is again, but I'm, I'm not a big talker. And, and when it came to sort of selling people on other people's services, it really, really stopped me up. So it's something you just kind of figure out as you go. Personally, I don't want someone to be salesy and talking, selling my business to someone else either. I want them to be genuine about it. Mm-hmm. And I think other people would see, feel the same about me as well. There are a lot of people that I've met who we don't pass a lot of business. I mean, Shelby and I already mentioned our relationship. You know, we've used each other's services and promoted each other. But a lot of the benefit of our relationship comes from these side projects that we're pursuing together or in tandem. And there's a few people that I've met throughout my time with networking who I keep in contact with, despite the fact that they're not bringing me thousands of dollars in business every year, right? But they have something so unique to offer mm-hmm. me. I have a couple of people who I consider really close friends now who offer support or they give me information that I need. They'll give me a review for my services for, you know, anything that I have worked on with them. They'll connect me with someone who they think that I can work alongside or they'll invite me to an event they think I might be interested in or that might help me. So there are going to be those relationships that aren't, that are business focused and yet they're not bringing business and Mm -hmm. being open to those is where that personal development comes in for sure. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, I think that we've covered a lot of ground. I think in the end, the biggest thing is understanding who you are, what your business is, and just being very authentic and genuine in your relationships with people. And that's where you're going to start seeing the biggest benefit, whether personal development wise or actual business wise. Mm -hmm. Um, But either way, I think that they're both important. Yeah. And I would say my top takeaway for networking is like anything in business, you just have to persevere when it comes to networking. It can be really challenging 
I have felt that challenge as an introvert, as I try to come out of my shell and, and meet new people and try new things. But you do have to persevere and you have to just keep trying. And if something's not working for you, try something else. But yeah. a quote to end off before we reveal the wine. Mm -hmm. Networking is not about just connecting people. It's about connecting people with people, people with ideas, and people with opportunities by Michelle Jean. Michelle Genet. Genet? I believe. Michelle Genet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that, I think that really wraps up everything that we said, right? So... People are the reason you network, but it's sharing so much more than than sales and business and connections. It's ideas and opportunities and just... And I, I love that. And I feel like even you and I or in our, our the other two in our results group, mm-hmm. being able to share ideas, especially when you're a solopreneur and mm-hmm. you're working on your own, having those people that you can talk to and that you can really see grow and thrive in their business I love it it's Mm. so awesome so great so let's reveal what our wine is Mm. drum roll all right do you want to say the okay so this is fog bank vineyards pinot noir it's a 2017 and so it's from california and i'm gonna read the back of it because this is just very nice. It's one of the main reasons I bought this wine. It was a suggestion, of course, as well. But um, the, reading the back, I got really involved in it. And I think that that says a lot from a writer, right? <laughs> I should let you read it, actually. Okay, I'll read it. With the evening tide, the fog rolls in and cools our vineyards. The nighttime temperatures provide relief from the heat of the day and extend the growing season. A longer time on the vine means a longer time to develop complex, rich, varietal flavors. At Fogbank Vineyards, we select the finest grapes from California's premier wine regions. Fogbank Pinot Noir has juicy plum and rich cocoa aromas, followed with cherry and soft, toasty oak. Oh, it's like enchanting. It's just like a hug in your mouth. It is. (laughs) It is. I love that. You should add that sentence in there. I think so. So overall, I think this is a great choice if you're looking for something that isn't, it's not going to blow your mind. It's not going to be something widely different than something you've tried before, but it's a very easy drinking Pinot Noir. It's good for a sort of meh fall day yeah all right well happy networking everyone and enjoy some wine while you do if you have any topic suggestions for us in the coming weeks please hop onto our our social media and let us know cheers thanks everyone for stopping by we will be back in two weeks with a brand new episode of the whiny entrepreneurs 